Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I was honored that New York Times bestselling authors Clint and Lisa Hill joined me again on the podcast. As we all know, Clint Hill is a retired U.S. Secret Service agent who served five presidents and was in the motorcade in Dallas on November 22, 1963, when President Kennedy was assassinated. Mr. Hill and Lisa wrote Five Days in November in 2013, a riveting first-person account of those tragic days told alongside 170 archival photographs. But this year marks the 60th anniversary of the tragic assassination of President Kennedy, so they've just released a commemorative hardcover edition of Five Days in November with a brand new afterward. I really look forward to you guys hearing this conversation because I think it's an important one. And you'll all know why I'm saying what I'm about to say after you listen to the conversation, but I'd like to share my own heart for just a second, which obviously, as you guys know, I don't do often on the podcast, but I'm going to. I have been asked the question over and over again, probably just because my podcast is about the Kennedys, but I get asked, what do you think really happened in Dallas on November 22nd? And my canned response has always been, well, you know, I haven't studied enough and I'm not informed enough to have an opinion on it. But I mean, I'm human and I've obviously watched documentaries and read several books all about it and been intrigued by different theories and thought, hmm, maybe it could be this one or maybe it could be this theory or whatever. But I have to say... After really getting to know Mr. Hill over the last year, he really is an incredible man of integrity. And his story has not once, not once ever wavered, not even a little bit. Trust me, I've read nearly every single thing he has said since 1963. He was there. He saw what happened closer than anyone else. And I 100,000 million percent trust him. All this to say, he's very outspoken in the new afterward about how theories aren't facts. So I just wanted to share my personal thoughts on this with you once and for all. Definitively, I trust Mr. Hill and believe what he has to say, 100%. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here I am joined by the authors of Five Days in November, two people I am very honored to call my friends, Clint Hill and Lisa McCubbin Hill. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation. Happy to be with you, Allison. I'm so excited. And I can honestly say I'm much less nervous to speak with you guys <laughs> today than I was a year <laughs> and a half ago or however long when we met. So that's nice. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. You shouldn't be nervous at all. Oh, thank you. What a year for us. Who would have thought, you know? I know. We were so impressed with you when we you interviewed us the last time for My Travels with Mrs. Kennedy. And that's what started us on this roller coaster that's that has been such an incredible year. But it's Allison, it's all because we were so impressed with your professionalism and your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your preparedness. So kudos to you. Yes. Are y'all trying to make me cry? Because the, that professionalism will go right down the drain. We want you to know we think you're amazing. I think you both are amazing. Thank you. I'm literally going to get a little teary here if, if we don't quit. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I'm really excited to talk about this book because I've read it a few times, and each time I take away something new and different from it. But I'm sure it was a really tough book to write emotionally. So I'd love to hear from both of you your perspectives of what made you actually decide to write this one initially. Yeah, we've. it was time because it was the 50th anniversary is why we wrote the original book. And now it's the 60th. And so the original purpose was to provide a factual accounting of what happened on November 22nd, 1963 in Dallas. And the fact that we did it, reissued it as a reminder of what happened that day. 
And I kind of think that a lot of people need that reminder because the polls indicate that uh, more people today believe in uh, conspiracy theories than they do in the actual facts of the case. And that's sad. And there aren't many of us left that are still, we're still alive at that time and witnessed it firsthand, up close and personal. And uh, I think it's only important that we bring it back to the public's attention that this is what did occur and you should pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing I love about this book, Allison, I'll kind of tell you how it came about originally is, you know, we decided to do it with our editor at Simon & Schuster, Mitchell Ivers. It was actually sort of his uh, suggestion. And um, we wanted to show the photographs alongside it because the photographs really tell so much of the story, I think. And there were so many incredible photographs of the days surrounding the assassination. And and one of the things, as Clint told me the story, what I found fascinating was not even so much what happened, you know, those six seconds, but all the things around it. So, you know, leading up to it. And as we started writing the book, the typical way is to write it in past tense. You know, this happened, that happened. But I found when Clint was talking to me, he would suddenly go into present tense when he was telling me the story, like he was reliving it. And so halfway through writing the book, I called our editor and said, you know, I'm thinking we need to write this in present tense because it's really compelling the way Clint tells me. And he said, go with it, see how it works. And I think that's so fascinating about it when you read it, because you're walking in Clint's shoes. He doesn't know what's coming next, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just like that time. And, and the day before you see all the preparation that went into it, the long day they had before mm-hmm. uh, the enthusiastic crowds. And um, so you get a feel for what was happening and then, you know, bam, everything changes. And then you go through those next days and and literally the world stopped for four days. Um, People were just in such shock. It was something everybody around the world experienced at the same time. So that's one of the things that I really love about this book. And then again, because it's now the 60th anniversary, um, like Clint said, he wanted to provide some more perspective because the book itself takes place present tense. So now here he is 91 years old and we added the afterward to provide that perspective of it. And um, so that's, you know, people are really loving that afterward. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Mr. Hill, I'm obviously so grateful that you chose to share such a very detailed account of these five days and because it's honestly the closest eyewitness account possible. Um, So although you knew it was important, was it really hard? And um, was it, did you have hesitation in sharing this moment of your life so in depth? It was hard. I did have some uh, trepidation about going over it again, but I thought in the best interests of the facts uh, about the case, it would had to be done. And so I just had to uh, grin and bear it. And that's what I did is, you know, just have to, set those emotional feelings aside. and uh, 
But at the same time, Clint, don't you think it was cathartic to go through this and well, sure. talk I, about it? It's been cathartic since 2009 after I met you and we started discussing, you know, my life in the Secret Service from that point on, from the assassination point on. And every time I do it, it's cathartic. It helps. It makes me, I, I can't say feel better. I have some sense of... Uh, I don't know, a better life or something. I just feel, you know, like, well, I did it. I, I helped somebody else understand fully what uh, was like that day in Dallas. Yeah. Um, Lisa, as a journalist and someone who is so well-researched on this topic and has spoken to so many people who were there that day, um, what to you sets Mr. Hill's account apart from others? Well, one of the things is that um, his memory never wavers. I have heard him tell this story probably a thousand times at this point with all the presentations we've done, interviews that I sit in on, that I listen to, and I could almost recite it exactly how he's going to. It's It truly is, you can tell, he's reliving it, and the facts don't change the way he tells it doesn't change. And to me, that's a sign that this is truly what happened. I've listened to other people's accounts of that day or things that they did. And it seems like the story changes sometimes or every time they tell the story, something slightly different. So then you wonder, well, you know, all this, all these years later, are they mixing up uh, their own memories with maybe things they read or heard or want to be true or you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I think sets Clint's apart is his memory has never, ever wavered. And um, he has no reason to change the story or say anything different. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to add to since I've gotten to know Mr. Hill in the last year, your memory's insane. <laughs> I mean, I remember one time in particular, we were trying to find a photo or something, Lisa and I were, of a time when you were with Spiro Agnew. And it was, a, I, I don't even remember what we were trying to find. See, my memory's not even nearly as, as good. But I do remember we were trying to find this particular photo or maybe see if there was one from this time period. And you said, I do remember one time we were in a hangar and maybe we were in Moscow, but I remember there was a flash photographer and then there was this person here and this person here. And you put, painted this story together so well that then when I reached out to an archivist, they were like, oh, yeah, he just painted the story. Here it is. And you it was just wild. I mean, the memory is just wild. So, I mean, I've even seen from getting to know you how it's just you're so very detail oriented and you just don't miss a beat. You for, you do not forget. So it's really remarkable to see that. It is amazing. I the get, details that he remembers. I guess I'm fortunate. Absolutely. I, I wish I had that memory. He sure. reminds me of things every single day. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, truly. So this book is obviously, as we've mentioned, in commemoration of 60 years since President Kennedy's tragic assassination. Mr. Hill, I'm curious, though, does it feel like it's been 60 years? Does it feel like it's been that long? Or like, how does that feel to you? Like it just happened. Really? Because the, the what happened is like a movie in my brain. And it just, mm -hmm. it's it's there. And so when I think about it, you know, it's just about in, in present tense. It's just, I'm going through it. So from that point of view, it's just, you know, it's uh, it's hard to live with. 
but you have to do it. I mean, I just I know I have to do it. So, Lisa, you had mentioned, too, a second ago, the layout of this book. And I wanted to mention that as well. It's so immersive in the way that it's laid out with the photos. And you don't really you don't caption them. You have that at the end. And it just really you're in this story moment by moment. So I wanted you to go a little more in depth of the creative decision you two made for how to lay out this book. So as I recall, I think we actually went to New York um, and helped lay it out with the designers at the publisher because it was so important to us that the photographs be in the right place as we were telling the story. Um, we chose the photographs. Um, what we would do, it's kind of, I think I have pictures of this. We would print out, you know, different pictures we were considering and then we would lay them out in order all around our living room, you know, or on the dining room table. And then it kind of snaked around over the sofa so we could see them all out there and we had to narrow them down. There are over 150 photographs, I think, but um, so, but we had to narrow them down and pick, you know, if there were two or three of the same thing, pick which one was best. And then we sort of wrote the story to go with the photographs. So, I come from a television news background and it's, you learn right to the video. So in this book, we're, we're describing what's in the photographs along with his memory as he's going through it. So it, it really helps. That's what brings the story to life. And it, and so the photographs don't need captions. If you're reading the book, um, they don't need captions, but for in this edition, we added detailed captions at the end for history's sake, because Clint still remembered, you know, all the people that were in each photograph and for people generations later who won't know who, which one was Governor Connolly and, um, mm -hmm. you know, which one was Lyndon Johnson there. It's in there now. Absolutely. Um, I do want to say like, it's such a tragic event, obviously, but the book is really beautiful the way that it's done. The hardcover, especially of this 60th, you know, commemoration piece is very beautifully done. So you know, I commend you both for the way that it's laid out and done for sure. Also, I want to talk about the new afterward. I don't want to give anything away from it or anything, but I do want to talk about it a little bit because I think it's really important. The audience buys this book for that too, you know, because you so boldly dispel conspiracy theories and misinformation, as you mentioned before. Um, will you expand a little more on why it was so important for you personally after seeing all of this play out after all these years to finally kind of set your record straight about it? Well, I, you know, all the conspiracy theories, they, they just seem to grow. Mm -hmm. what, what kind of food source they're on, but uh, <laughs> and it just continues to grow more and more all the time. And it's just ridiculous because that's what they are. It's theories. They're not fact. People make up stuff. And it's just not right. And it's confusing for the people that really care and want to get the facts. So, and one of the things that um, Clint has said over the years that really has been such a disservice is the Oliver Stone film JFK, mm -hmm. because for people, a lot of people don't read books, and a lot of people watch movies instead. And that was a very popular movie. It still is a popular movie. I mean, we've been on planes in the last few years, and they're showing that movie on planes, JFK, and so, and the way it was done is he mixes um, archival footage with footage that, you know, that they shot. And so you can't tell 
what's real and what's made up. And then he twists everything to form his own theory, which has no basis in fact, but because it's all intermingled, an entire generation, I think, believes that movie is a documentary. Mm-hmm. But it's not. And Oliver Stone himself said, oh, no, it's, you know, it's what I kind of made up. And he said people I remember reading a comment or hearing from someone that he said, oh, moviegoers know that this is a movie. They don't they know it's not true. But I heartily disagree. Well, it was brought up to him on set that uh, by someone went to him he was employed by them for security reasons and he went to mr stone and he said you know this is not what really happened mm-hmm. and he said i was i i was from down from dallas and Oliver stone told him it doesn't matter that it's not real it's a movie doesn't have to be real and so i mean he just doesn't care that he has fed the American public and the world, for that matter, information that he knows to be non-factual, mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. And then it continued to be perpetuated by him releasing documentaries recently. So it's, oh, exactly. you know, that kind of makes people even more. I say, I call it, he's he's twisting history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's hijacking history, really. Yes. Yeah. And um, so that was the other reason that we wanted to write this book and bring it out again, um, to just remind people you know, Clint, Clint was there. Right. Absolutely. Um, will each of you share what you hope readers take away from this book? I just hope they take away the facts that, Oh, this is what really happened and tell it to their best friend or 10 of their best friends. And maybe we can get the people to finally understand it. There is a big difference between what other people have said and there and uh, made claims about this conspiracy stuff and the real facts that are contained in this book. Mm-hmm. For me, I really hope that people will take away the emotion of it all to realize how this event affected the Secret Service agents that were involved, the family, the friends that were all right there, and the world. Mm-hmm. If you can stop for a minute and imagine what it was like, I wasn't born at that time, but to imagine if this beloved president is shot down in the middle of the day, going through a city in a campaign event, and it's just shocking. Um, Mm -hmm. He was 46 years old. And it really uh, just was so incredibly emotional. We've had people come to us who were maybe like five years old at the time. And five to seven years old is kind of this age range where they they got home, they were sent home from school or they happened to be home. And it was the first time they ever saw their parents cry. Mm. Yeah. And wow. as a child... You think your parent is, you know, everything and they're everything to you. And if they're breaking down, that is really hard for a child to understand. And so so then it caused trauma in children of that age. And they would then come to us and say, you know what? I finally have closure listening to your story, Mr. Hill. 
I now understand why my parents were crying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's remarkable. And, you know, I'm obviously in my 20s. I was not, obviously not born yet, but I, the way that this book is written, the way that it's done, you do capture that so well. And I feel it. You know, I feel like I'm in it almost and I feel the emotion of it. So I'm just really grateful that you both did this book. I really am. Everybody else, you don't want to miss purchasing this new hardcover five days in November with a brand new afterward. And you can purchase it by clicking the link in the description of this episode. It is certainly a book that everyone needs in their collection. So thank you both so, so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. Thank you. Till next time. Till next time. Thank you guys for listening. If you like the podcast, please rate it five stars and write a positive written review. It's like tipping your waiter. Helps me out so much. I would really appreciate that. If you haven't yet, go get your Kennedy Dynasty merch from my merch shop. It is sweatshirt season, so go grab some, buy some for your Kennedy-loving family and friends. If you're not following me on Instagram, go follow me. I'm working on all kinds of cool projects, so you can stay up to date over there at Allison L. Holland on Instagram. That's all I've got, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. 